in my interpretation. Like, and you are. You're dry farming, right? Dry yeah. farming. So how do these Even people dry farm? You know how they dry farm? They're building their beds where groundwater is oozing out of the side of the yeah. hill. Yeah. They're building their beds in what we would call a floodplain. So there's always moisture trickling out to the riverbed or into the groundwater. Um, so it, it's a it's a beautiful thing, but it's very, very limited on this planet where you have that perfect environment where yeah. groundwater is oozing out and and creating this, you know, aquifer at plant root depth. So you that's what you're doing is you're dry farming. Mm -hmm. Now yeah. does dry farms occasionally get a rain shower? Of course. Yeah. So yeah. Maybe, maybe you should put a rain shower. Oh and I I <laughs> I, you know, I, I follow nature with that too. So I realize that nature, in nature, water comes from above. So of course, uh, I use my brain and I take breaks from bottom watering and I give it a rain shower. Like I'd say, I probably do it, to be honest, like three times a week. Um, it's pretty light rains. So I, I go more for, uh, like you say, a glaze, mm -hmm. you know, uh, a bit more of a, than a glaze. Like I want water to penetrate from, from the top. Um, but yeah, just, it's really worked out for me in the horizontal beds with bottom watering, uh, I guess, except for this one particular cultivar, which we're, we're blaming on this, but you know, there's other variables uh, I'd like to mention too that um, before building um, horizontal beds, I was growing in um, just regular potting mix pots and I would put about an inch or two of perlite at the bottom and I, I watered from, from the bottom just like that. And, you know, I know it sounds boring, but it actually work very very well and i still do it in my rnd room so what i have is a three light rnd room and uh i run oof, give or take like 100 to 150 plants very very small plants uh in pots and i have a layer of perlite at the bottom and all i do for watering is they're all in big plastic trays and in the morning i get to work I put about three quarters of an inch of water in the in the tray, and that's it. They just wick, wick, wick. Um, it'd be very hard to do in like any other technique because then I'd be guessing plant per plant how much to water. And I'll tell you, doing that, every cultivar pretty much prays like crazy, and it's just the easiest thing ever. So. It, like capillary action and bottom watering, in my opinion, works out very, very well. Um, and I'm totally down with the irometer and exploring more. But um, yeah, just, I guess I'm not really, uh, how could I say? I'm not um, letting nature take its course there. It's not nature. It's in a friggin' so, pot anymore. But so let, me, let me interject a little bit. So, Backing it up, that's the beauty of the serometer side by side, one in the one layer, one in the other. It's yeah. going to teach you how to water. Watering has always been the biggest issue with, with whatever you're trying to grow. 
you know, too much or not enough, shits goes sideways. Mm -hmm. And and mm -hmm. how do you get the middle without without having these events that nature does? So yeah. the aerometer is going to be an amazing tool for you because you're a geek and you're going to get into it real quick. So I have this other buddy, Michael Hinden. Uh, God rest his soul. I miss him fucking horribly. He was such a fucking nut. Now, he was a breeder. So he was all about, you know, epigenetics or modern genetics, epigenetics, whatever you want to call it. His his Instagram handler, his his girlfriend, who still carries on his work, is modern epigenetics on Instagram. Highly suggest you follow her. Bree's doing some amazing fucking breeding. Michael was such a fucking nut that he would put his pot on a fucking scale and wait and then add yeah. the necessary water Wait. So when that plant drew down X amount of water in a day, he knew tomorrow or the next day, if he was doing a dryback, that he had to add this much more water till that pot weighed this because he would know that it would dry out 24 hours later. Mm. Oh, I always thought like my perfect grow in, in if I'm growing in pots would have would be like to have a scale on every single friggin' pot and run run that way of course i always kind of dreamed of that <laughs> he went there dude he fucking went there and he used to yell at brie like brie and i became very good friends after he power after he was murdered um and we used to laugh about it she, she goes he'd come in here and start screaming at me because i was pouring water in a plant that wasn't on the scale <laughs> Well, you see, if you're growing in pots like that and you're, you know, I run like six to 800 plants uh, per batch, it's impossible. No, it is. It is. No. And again, he was so, breeding and he was breeding yeah. for seed, uh, feminized seed. And, and so he had the ability to do that and he got paid well for his genetics or for his seeds. So he yeah. could afford to just be small and, and do his thing because mm -hmm. you know? it was more of a passion hobby i mean yeah he did it to make some money but he also worked so it wasn't his only source of income but okay. bottom line is you know i love capillator capillary action the only negative thing that i have to say about that is if you get a pathogen in one of those you're fucked because you can't get it out right so there was a facility that i was brought into oh god years ago now probably five six years ago and they had a horrible problem with this uh, mite. So the mite had gotten into the capillary mats and set up shop. And so it was living under every pot and it just kept moving to every next pot, next oh, pot. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. so the whole stuff would grow went, went sideways and they couldn't figure yeah. out where it was coming from, how it was breeding, how it was living. And so basically I'm like, you guys got to tear this out and fucking start over again. And I would recommend that you don't do this again because you have idiot employees. Your idiot employees are growing their own shit, bringing in all these bugs because you guys have no fucking biosecurity. You're fucking idiots. Should have any person has to come in here and get changed in the locker room, fucking shower, and then put the new clothes on or the, the clothes that they have here for work every time so that there's no way you can bring these fucking bugs in because yeah. that's exactly what the fuck happened to them. Yeah. Um, but in Sorry, general, though, would you, would you agree that, um, like aside from that, those kind of problems you could have with say a capillary mat, would you say that 
bottom watering and capillary action. Um, how could I put it? Like gives you a very uh, good moisture level in general. So again, they were a chemical grow. So mm. you have a living soil, different animals. Like yeah, you're like a chemical grow. I could see that you would like bottom water and like build EC at the bottom and run into serious problems. There. Yeah, yeah, that's what they did. Yeah, yeah. They had all kinds of algae and shit growing in there. It was, it was not it was, talking it, about chemicals. Yeah, yeah, right, right. So, and I just wanted to make that clear to the yeah. audience that I'm not talking about synthetic growth. If you're synthetic growth, no, you forget about it. You're an idiot. That's all I'm yeah, going to yeah. say. And but, I've had synthetic master growers come to my shop and see what I was doing. And they were like, dude, how do you don't, how do you not get serious? Like EC buildups in your, in your bed or in your, in your pots or whatever. And yeah, I had to explain to them like, okay, there's no such thing as EC buildup with straight water. No, nor, nor in a living soil system. 